Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media, and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels: the Hand Network. Check it round table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar dot com. That's o n n a c a r r dot com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing fear and travel. Okay, this is a weird combination, but. I am getting ready to travel internationally. I have never been on a plane yet, and so this is going to be quite exciting in many different ways. And I definitely will be taking my Dramamine with me, a lot of it, and Tums, because I had a friend tell me about the wonders of Tums recently that it doesn't make you sleepy like Dramamine. I'm like, ooh, okay, I will try that. And they do not have that where I'm going, so I'm taking a big bottle. But anyway, travel and fear. I was born and raised in the U.S. in the middle of the country. It is a beautiful place to be raised. I will be the first to admit, but it has also led to some issues with regards to international travel because I have run into several different things growing up and being an adult in the Midwest from the fact that, like, from the time you're fifteen on, people are like. When are you going to start dating? When are you going to get married? When are you going to bear children? It's like I don't know, and I really am not that concerned. Either you asked me when I was fifteen, or whether you asked me in my thirties. It's like that will happen when it happens, or that won't. And either way, it will be okay. I'm like, what's the what's the use of worrying about these kinds of things? So anyway, but I've noticed here in the past year that as I get ready to leave the country, and probably for a long while, I'm thinking I'm going to be gone. I mean, my, my friends are like, "Bonner, once you get over there, you will want to go back." They're like, "We know you. We know you pretty well, and I don't think you'll want to go back to the states because you'll be sitting there on the beach enjoying your tea and going." Why would I want to go back to winters of minus twenty-one degrees Celsius, for example, or the inflation rate, or the cost of living and healthcare? I'm like, you know, they're probably right, but again, I don't know yet. But in the midst of all this, most of my friends are like, 
Anna, your boyfriend also died. I've actually had some friends that are like, Anna, leave as soon as possible. Because the sooner you leave, the sooner life will get infinitely better. I'm like, well, life is pretty good now, except for the fact that my cost of living went up 25% in the last four months with the inflation, which makes me a little ticked. I mean, my, my, my cost of like lodging went way down, but my cost of living, anyway, but you know, the thing I find interesting is I've had some people say, you know, you're leaving the U.S. The U.S. is the safest place on earth and you're leaving it. You could be, you could be kidnapped. You could get food poisoning. You could not be able to speak the language you could you know end up in a gutter in the dark and i'm like they have very vivid imagination it reminds you of women when they tell you their birth stories for example i'm like it's kind of the same vibe i'm getting except these are usually guys i haven't had one of my acquaintances congo i must give you the talk before you go to age i'm going i'm sorry but I'm in my 30s. I think I've already had the talk. And if the talk involves you telling me of all the bad things that could happen, I'm going, I've heard it. And no offense, but I have weathered many, many bad things in my life. And I have survived them. And I do not think that anything that I will encounter on this journey that I'm taking would even come relatively close to the things that I have witnessed and dealt with and gone through and been resilient from. So I'm like, I really don't need you wasting your time on the talk, as it were. I mean, no offense, I rarely get that way, but I'm like, I don't need that in my life. You don't need that in your life. We're good friends, but if you give me this kind of talk, it might make me less friendly-ish feeling, if that makes sense. Just because I'm like, I don't need people naysaying when I've already decided to do what I'm going to do. I'm like, you know, I've made up my mind. I made up my mind four years ago. I was going to do this because of COVID, it got delayed. So I'm like, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like exactly, but I do know that I'm going, I'm in a good situation for it. My ticket is purchased. My apartment month's rent for the first one is purchased. I have money in the bank. I have ample debit cards. If something goes wrong, I've got backups. I've got people I know in the country that will help me if I run into a glitch, but that's not going to really happen most likely. And I don't speak fluent languages in that country, but I do know enough to say sorry, thank you, and I'd like this, please. I mean, I will be fine. And you know, there is a part of me that I'm going, you've never been on a plane. You've never even left the country. Granted, you spend most of your life teaching people from these countries, and you seem to get along very well with these people. So I do not think you're going to have major cultural barriers, except that they might look at you and go, oh, she's American, and then talk to you and go, oh, she's not the Americans we see in the news kind of Americans. I'm, I'm not trying to be bad. I'm just saying a lot of my students sit there and go, you all tweet like Donald Trump. I'm going, number one, I don't tweet. Number two, I would never treat like Donald Trump because ergo, I'm not Donald Trump. I mean, I don't mean it weird. I'm just going, not all Americans act like Donald Trump. Not to say anything bad about Mr. Trump. I'm just saying we don't all act like him. And my students are quite shocked to see that we are not all like Donald Trump. 
I even had one that told me they thought all Americans had guns. And I was going, I honestly cannot think of one person in my entire acquaintance that owns a gun. No, not one. Maybe it's just the people I know. But anyway, so I really don't see there being any major issues with this. So I'm going, the fear factor is not that big for me. Now, yes, will I maybe have to give myself a pep top during the takeoff of the plane? Maybe, maybe, because I'm not really into amusement parks and the idea of the plane shooting itself into the sky is a little, a little disconcerting. And I have three of those before I get to my destination, but I'm going after the first one, I should be okay. And no one's probably going to know that I'm stressed at all because I will have taken my Dramamine. I will be perfectly calm and I will be probably holding my little squishy sushi. I'm just saying, I'll be fine. But, you know, I think that fear, if we let it, can actually be one of our greatest motivators. And that's kind of what this podcast is about because I know this has been a bit of a digression, but the things that have led me to this point, I think in many ways were some of the most difficult things I've ever gone through because when I was 27, I lost my dad. And granted, I could see that loss coming. So it wasn't like something that I wasn't prepared for because he'd kind of been out of my life since high school, to be honest. But I can honestly say it was a done deal by the time, actually just before my 28th birthday. And so I'm like, you know, that was hard because it was your dad. It's like, you don't want to lose people. You certainly don't want to lose your dad, but there are certain things which are beyond your control. And you sit there and go, I've got to deal with that. And so how do you deal with that? What do you do in response to that? I think for me, my main thing was, well, my dad is gone. There's nothing I can do about that, but I can be there for my mom and my sister as much as possible. Now, the thing that I was not counting on with this whole situation was the fact that I lost my mom when I was 30. And again, it was like, that one, I really didn't see coming quite as much. I'm like, you know, I didn't expect to lose my parents within two years of each other. I was like, this is just not something that you hope to have happen by the time you're 30. I mean, no offense, but I'm going, I don't think any of us sit there and go, oh, I hope I lose both my parents by the time we're 30. I'm like, that is not something that's even on most of our radar. And I do realize that some people lose their children, lose their parents even in childhood. But I'm going, that was extremely difficult. And then we went right from me losing my mom to COVID and all that brought, which I'm like, honestly, COVID was nothing compared to that. I'm going, you know, COVID, it's a bit of a pandemic. Yes. Yes. People are dying. Yes. This is something to be concerned about. But on the scale of one to 10 for me, I was like, I've always been a homebody. So COVID wasn't that big of a deal, but losing my parents. And then when that happened about a year later, I've lost, you know, four all intents and purposes, at least right now, Bob. And, you know, that was really, really hard. And that's still not really, there are some factors that I know that went into that now that I couldn't see back then, because honestly, that was a bit of a shocker to me because I was going, 
everything seems the way it's always seemed and then boom it didn't and I think you know when things like that happen and I will say everything is like with my folks that was not really explainable with what happened with Bob I'm like we both lost our parents we were both going through tremendous stress we both had had things happen and the other thing I think is we both dealt with those losses differently because we were both very different people and also we're a decade apart in age which I'm not saying that gives you a different perspective on things but I do think that in many ways not because you're older and more mature at all but because you lived and seen longer and you've witnessed more I think it does change your perspective on certain things and I mean with the situation with Bob, I really don't see that as something that it's like that is a situation that is possibly temporal. It could be for good. It could not be for good. I really don't know. All I know is that at this point in time, that is something that is a loss. And that, I think, was the hardest one because I'm like, you know, Bob was not only my sister, but she was my best friend. We actually started this podcast together. And I'm like, well, that hit me like a Mack truck because I just really didn't see that one coming with everything else that had happened. And I really should have, because I'm like, if you read all the, all the research out there, they're like, usually one traumatic event can trigger another traumatic event that you have to deal with because it, it just happens. And I'm like, I wish I had read those before that happened. <laughs> would have been nice but I didn't and so I'm going by the time I'm 31 I've lost both my folks and my sister's gone and so I'm like that made me have a lot of introspection I'm like no offense I'm going you know all this stuff happened and no I do not blame myself for this stuff happening and I do not blame Bob for this stuff happening either I just am sitting there going this stuff happened so what do you do when that stuff happened and I think for me the thing that I really had to work on was my modus operandi would be to avoid all kind of people contact because that will avoid ever having something like this happen again but the thing that I knew in spite of my inner desire to avoid people contact and you know it was the middle of a pandemic but the thing that I knew is I was like I can't do that. That will not be healthy for me. That will not be healthy for the people who I am supposed to care for, both in the past and in the future. Because if I just cut out people contact, that will lead me to be in a state that is extremely unhealthy to be in. That will lead me to not care about the people I'm supposed to care about, or maybe to try to care about them in a protective mode, which is dangerous. Because honestly, it's like I wrote in the More Than Conquerors book that I made years ago, but you can't, you can't protect everyone. You can't even protect yourself sometimes, but you can always let people know that you love them, that you care about them, that you are trying your best for them. That doesn't mean that everything will work out perfectly. It doesn't mean that sometimes things go to hell in a handbasket, as they say. But it does mean that you are doing your best for the people that you have, will, and do care for. And so I think for me, that was the that was the main takeaway after all that stuff happened was 
And, you know, there were many, many factors to all that, which is beyond this podcast. It really doesn't matter. It's not relevant. What matters is that I sat there and went, I don't want this to happen again. And one way that I can be sure to try to avoid having this happen again is to keep going, to continue on, to do things, to try to make the world better. So I helped start a nonprofit. I continued to teach English online. I decided to go ahead and go back to school. I decided to continue on with the podcast thing from what we're doing right now, because I was like, that is what I need to do. That is what I need to, it's like they say in Meet the Robinsons, we keep moving forward. We don't just stop. Now, were there days that I sit there and went, man, this is hard. Honestly, for me, it's not really days. It's like there'll be a moment in time where I sit there and go, darn, I wish that were different, but it's not. So moving on to the next thing. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm simply sitting there and going, I never have seen a point on dwelling on the things that I can't change, which might be not positive in my life. So I'm like, what can I do that's positive? What can I make a change on? And for me, I was going, to me, it makes a lot of sense to move abroad, to move over to Asia, because number one, my cost of living would go down tremendously. Number two, it is a much less stressed environment than living in the states now i have to say my life in the states has been in the last few years other than of course those major issues of losing your parents and losing mom i'm like other than that it has been pretty unstressful and also i i used to work for another company but i decided to go to teaching english full-time and life went markedly de-stressed when I did that too. Now, I also took a significant pay cut in order to do that, but I was like, I would rather even make half my income that I was making and be in a better place than to make the income that I was making and be in a stressful situation because I know what that can cost people. And so I was like, I'm moving. I'm moving to Asia and I'm in a place in my life where I'm going I'm not in any relationships, they're romantical, and all my friends I can keep in touch with via online, it's not like that's going to be stopping me, and I do want to adopt in the next few years, and if that is the case, then I have to save money in order to do that, and also I want to bring them into a really beautiful world and a good home, and I'm going, I can get a much nicer home abroad than I ever could in the States. And now granted, I've heard people say, you know, well, if you if you wait to adopt the kids and you get married, then you will have a more steady and substantial income on which to bring them into this world. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not looking for a relationship for financial stability because one of the things that I really is important to me is that I can take care of those I care about without having to depend on someone else. Now, I know that seems kind of strange and I'm not a, I'm not a, what do you call it? An extreme feminist at all. But I have seen in my life um, through my own experience how people can sit there and go, I think it's kind of unfair to depend on people to that extent. I think that you should be able to 
take care of yourself and also in my case take care of my children without the need to be married i mean if i do get married that will be great but i will not be getting married for that reason if that makes sense so i think that for me my life goals that i want to achieve it will be much more achievable and conducive to do so being abroad and being in the u.s at least at this point in my life. Now, I think that I will probably have a small home here in the States that I can return to sometimes to catch up with friends, do whatever I need to do, etc. But I'm going, that is my, that is how I will achieve my plan. And I think also the, the main, the main concern for me, if you will, or what I would call the main fear that I deal with with this issue is, I'm one of those people that I really like stability. Stability is very important for me. Stability is nice. It is solid. It is determined. I like stability. And I don't think, you know, I've thought about it going, is it because I'm an oldest? Maybe. Maybe it's because I'm an oldest. That could be. Is it because of my life experience so far? Mm, That could be it too. But I also think, and could it be the high-functioning autism that could definitely be the case. But I think that the issue for me is I'm sitting there and I was actually just talking with my one of my friends about this, but I was like, you know, the main concern for me is like, I'm going to one country here for a month. I have my apartment, everything's taken care of. It's smooth sailing. But my one concern for me is like, where will it be the following month? Do I stay in that country? Do I go to another country that's infinitely cheaper that gets me a nicer apartment? But then I have to worry about getting that extended visa and all that rigmarole and da, 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 da. and my mind just starts really I'm going, I don't know where I'm going to be after January. <sighs> Breathe, stay calm. Because I'm one of those people who's like, I have a five-year plan. Actually, I have a 130-year plan. But a lot of it's still up in the air and vague, and that is distressing because I'm like, I would much rather know what will happen. I'm like, I'd much rather know that, you know, I will be in the next place for 25 years and I will have my home here and my children and I will meet one another and they will be adopted in 2026. And this is how it will be. And, you know, all that lining up. Now with my possible significant other, I'm like, that I've kind of just I'm not trying to like I put that clear over here and I'm like I'm not even making statistical chances on that because at this point it seems very slim although my friends are like you'll go to Asia and you'll meet the one I'm like how will I meet the one will they have a big sticker on their forehead that says the one I'm like that just seems kind of weird to me I'm like I'm not going to Asia to meet the one because honestly even if I met the one, that doesn't mean that I'm the one for them because I might not have the matching forehead sticker. I mean, really. So there's just too many variables there. And that is something that I'm like, I don't handle that variable well. And I know that about myself. So I'm like, that statistical chance is going over here. I'm not worrying about that vagary because it may or may not ever happen. And why worry about something that may or may not ever happen? The kids I know will happen. I just don't know what you and I'm saying. You're going, I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball that I could look into and go, ah, it all makes sense. But I don't. So right now I'm sitting there going, my main fear 
if you want to call it a fear, which I really don't even think it's that fearful, but I'm saying to everybody, I don't know where I'm going to be after January. Will I be in this country? Will I be in that country? Will I decide to try to get an extension because I find this country so amazing and they have great tea and food and, 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 Anna, you haven't even been there yet. And like, I have not been there yet, but I know that I will probably really, really like it there. But I'm like, the unknowns, the unknowns are what can make you fearful. So what do you do about these fears? Like with this travel thing? Because I'm like, you know, that's something that I think is a good question to ask. And I think for me, the, the main thing that I do is I sit there and go, you don't have to know it all. It's like I pull my opposite self out for me and I'm going, you don't need to have a plan for everything. You can, you know, make sensible decisions, make rational choices. But at the end of the day, you don't need to have it all figured out. Because honestly, I don't think we ever will have it all figured out. I think we can do our best. I think we can mitigate problems, find solutions, you know, sort everything. I mean, like right now, my 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 office is an absolute disaster over here. Good thing you guys can't see it. But I literally have a stack of stuff, which I'm like, this is supposed to go with me. That is not going to fit in the freaking suitcase that is only supposed to weigh 20 kings. I'm like, that is not going to happen. And I know that mentally. But I'm sitting there going, is there any way I can shove it in somehow? And then get it from that country to the next country? And the answer is no, there's not. But thankfully, one of my friends is like, Anna, what you cannot take with you, you can put in a box and I can ship it to you. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. When I get settled, you can ship it to me. And then I know I will still have these things, which I probably can get over there way cheaper, but they are not my exact things. Ergo, I win. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway. I'm sorry, I had to make a quick phone call. But the thing I think with travel and with the fear of the unknown, as it were, is to just sit there and go, you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to even know everything you need to know before. You do need to know everything you need to know. But you you don't have to understand it all. Because I think, you know, Sometimes the best parts of our journeys are the things that we don't plan, the things that we don't know, as it were, the things that come along and shock us to bits, but are in a good way, not in a bad way, I'm just saying. But anyway, so that is what I'm looking forward to on this journey, because I'm going, you know, there are a lot of things I don't know, but the one thing I do know is I'm supposed to do this. I'm like, I've been planning this for a while. Everything's in order. Everything's taken care of. I mean, yeah, my, my office is a disaster right now, but that will remedy itself in the next couple of days. And I'm going, it's all coming together. And it's like my work I can do anywhere, my school I can do anywhere. And so at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm like, I spend a lot of my life waiting for things to happen when I was growing up and until I was in my early 30s and I mean the one thing that I realized is that sometimes you don't get second chance on things sometimes you don't get a chance to redo things and not that I have really any 
major regrets with how I live my life. I mean, there are a few things I'm sitting there going, if I had known everything, I would have lived my life very differently for a couple of situations. But I'm like, I didn't know everything. And you can't make, you can't beat yourself up for what you don't know, if that makes sense. So that's kind of my facing of the fears as it were and anyway that's my podcast on travel and fear (laughs) check it at the round table bye hi this is anna and this is check it at the round table where we discuss movies books music and stuff Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website, that's onacar.com, that's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F, S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo, the The connection for that is at Onacar, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.